0: Welcome to the Create a Relationship You Love Summit. I'm your host, Andrea Carella, and the benefits of the summit are to help couples to create satisfying relationships and to communicate and connect authentically with more harmony, understanding, and passion. Today, we have a very special guest. Her name is Wendy Newman, and she is a sex and relationship expert who provides practical wisdom and understanding to topics of sex, relationships, men, and women. Today, we'll be talking about the top five intimacy enhancement rituals to creating a loving and long-lasting partnership. In today's talk, we're going to learn how to create a magical partnership using a monthly Q&A check-in process to foster connection and understanding, how to get your needs met while also maintaining love and respect in your relationship, and knowing the top things men and women need in a partnership and how they can each nurture their partner more effectively. So welcome to the Telesummit, Wendy. It's wonderful having you on today.
1: Thank you, Andrea. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: Great. Tell us a little bit about your point of view on what gets in the way
1: of a good relationship. From the very start, we're in trouble. And we're in trouble because of what we've grown up with here in America and Canada and some other countries nearby. Where we're fed these fairy tales of the one and our handsome prince and our happily ever after and Love at first sight and it gets in the way from the get-go because it has us searching for a partner Based on chemistry love at first sight. That's chemistry, right? Mm -hmm. Not about compatibility and has us overlook the entire process of being in great shape together having harmony and understanding, and really looking at each other's needs. Because when it's meant to be, and you're with the one, there's no work to do. There's no investigating to do. There's just magical thinking that's going to have it all turn out. So I think what gets in the way is buying into those cultural fairy tales that we think that we got over by the time we turned seven or eight. But they're creepers. They hang around in the brain. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they'll sneak in at Inopportune times, I remember listening to girlfriends talk about dating, and one of the first questions after a date was, "Is he the one? Is it? Do you think it's meant to be?" Three months in, is it meant to be? Is he going to stick around? So just the the fairy tales that go along with real life. Right. I think you know,
0: a lot of times we we focus on um, date in dating this fairy tale. And then when we're getting married, if, if that's next on our, our path, uh, then we focus a lot on the wedding and not on the marriage. Really knowing what it is that you desire and what you're looking for and what kind of partnership you're wanting to create is, is really an important process to really reflect upon. I'm glad that you brought that up. Now, once we're in a partnership, I know that you have a full moon ritual that you practice with your husband and and a story of how that came to be. Can you share what that that practice is and then also some of the questions that couples on the call can incorporate in practicing
1: this ritual on their own to check in with each other? Absolutely. We have what's called a full moon ritual and in the full moon ritual that we created together there's 15 questions that we ask each other and they're the same questions every month they don't change and we ask each other these questions back and forth and I'm happy to share a few with you but I'd like to talk about how it got started in the first place this whole process got started long before he and I ever met because since 2002 I've been leading workshops to help women understand men better and to really get what we need and This whole piece came out of a workshop that I lead for women about sex, how to get what you need with your partner and how to get over any hurts and injuries from the past. And in leading this workshop, I've led it dozens and dozens and dozens of times in cities all over the U.S. and in Canada. And it's the same workshop, different women, different experiences, but it's pretty much the same questions and thoughts that I'm giving them to work from. And there's a section on Sunday morning on infidelity and I talk about how to help prevent it in a relationship. And I'm going to tell you that there's a question that you could ask your partner and have your partner ask you that question back. It's not a one-way street, right? <laughs> or in a partnership. And I'm going to tell you that there's a question that you could ask your partner and have your partner ask you that question back. It's not a one-way street, right? <laughs> or in a partnership so or a marriage. So you wanna ask the question, is there anything you need from me that you're finding hard to get? Or, more importantly, if you're in a long-term marriage, is there anything you need from me that you have given up on getting? And that could stop infidelity of all kinds. And as I was doing this piece in the workshop that I've done many, many, many times before, I was doing it in front of an audience of a hundred in Los Angeles and one of the women was celebrating her 50th wedding anniversary. She was 80 years old and the look on her face when I gave her the question, is there anything you need from me that you've given up on getting? Her face was grief stricken. She looked horrified and tears were streaming down her face and I could see that in 50 years of marriage it never dawned on her to ask her husband if there was anything he was needing that he wasn't getting. Nor had she had the opportunity to share with him anything she needed that she wasn't getting. And it made me decide right then and there that I needed to incorporate that into my relationship. And I thought maybe I'd ask that question once a year or something, not once every 50 years. And when I was sharing it with my partner Dave, he said, oh no, no, how about twice a month? And I said, oh, that's too much communication. So <laughs> he's, he's an overshare and an overcommunicator. So mm. we decided to create a monthly time together where we could sit down and really look to see, is there anything that we needed from each other that we were, had given up on getting? And the really cool thing is since we started it from the very, very beginning of our relationship, we had to change the question because we did it every month. We never gave up on anything. So we had to change it to, Anything you need, you're finding hard to get. Mm. And what are some
0: other, if you could give us, I know that there are 15 of them. Could you share maybe two or three other questions that, that couples on the call can also engage in on a monthly basis with their partner?
1: Yeah, absolutely. One I really love was, hey, so what did you make up about me or about us this month? and it's so great because when we do this monthly ritual we really take the time to get into a snuggly space together and really coming from no one's misbehaving this is a very safe place to say what you need and what you're feeling even if it's not true even if it's ridiculous without the other one having any kind of judgment so there's this really playful spirit to the ritual but it can go very deep and and it's a very real thing so in the beginning, we would ask each other, is there anything you made up? Because we make things up in our day-to-day lives. We just make things up, right? Right, interpretation. It's right. The,
0: in the, our brains are meaning-making machines.
1: Exactly. <laughs> so We'll make something up, and we won't share it. And then we'll be responding to something that isn't real that we made up. So this mm-hmm. just thought we'd have the opportunity to say it. And the first six months of our relationship, the answer was always the opposite of, what was really going on and literally at like the six-month mark i he said something like I, I made up this thing about you and i said yeah it, it's kind of true mm. <laughs> it was the beginning of the things getting real around here <laughs> right right <laughs> but it's great because then we get to sort of have it on the table and and if it's a negative thing you know as well as i do andrea that there's just never a good time to bring up something uncomfortable There's just never a good time. Life is busy, there's a million things to do. Might as well just sweep it under the rug and hope it gets better. But that doesn't always work. So that's Mm -hmm. a great question. Now I'll give you another one because you asked for it. A question that is designed for me that Dave had to make up because he was getting frustrated by it was, I have to ask him, is there anything that you've been trying to contribute to me that I've been resisting? Mm. because I'm a powerful woman. I got this. I got it. I don't need this. I don't need help. I got it. And sometimes I'm not receptive, and that's one of the least attractive qualities in a mate. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Being non-receptive to the gifts they're trying to give you, right? Right, right.
0: Yes, because obviously the person wants it to be appreciated and acknowledged, and if we're sidetracked or busy or don't notice it, then it's
1: difficult for love to be given and
0: received. So that's a great question as well.
1: Yeah, and and even blocked, like not even letting them do the thing they want to do, you know? Mm. So mm-hmm. Absolutely. Fun. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Tell us what are some of the main things women need to know about men, power and partnership, and how they can make their relationship better?
1: Mm. So my one-day workshop, Understanding men, power, and Partnership, is great because it helps women understand that men are not like us. And we'll often go about getting our needs met and getting the things we need from men in the way we would do it with ourselves or with our best friend or with a woman. It doesn't work very well. <laughs> mm-hmm. You'll hear a lot of people complaining that they can never get their man to do anything, not in a way that you could motivate a woman. So I teach women how to set a man into action, how to communicate clearly about what it is you need and h- how to have them hear it in a way that they'll respond even if it's a no. You'll actually get a real answer from them. And really looking at our power, the power of a man in a partnership, but but our power as a woman and how we can best use it for good. I also teach women how to listen to men in a different way to get more from them. Sometimes in some relationships, we're not getting that intimacy that we crave or that depth in conversation. And I get to the heart of that in this workshop and just so, so, so much more about how to to relate to a man or your partner in a way that you really get the best out of him.
0: Great, so this leads to another follow-up question regarding this. So you brought up two things. One, how to communicate your need to your mate, to your male mate, in a way that he can hear you. So can you be specific on how a woman could communicate that, that would be in a way that a man could hear and receive?
1: Well, it's actually a whole training around it. I couldn't just give you the the one bullet pointer, but I can tell you what's not effective. Mm -hmm. One of the things that we do that works really well for us and with other women is criticism. Having things not be good enough or criticism or an ongoing complaint about something, will usually not get the job done. It'll get the job done with a woman. We, not, we might not like being criticized, but it will have us move. Or change. You know, Andrea, if you told me that I looked terrible in blue, I might not wear it that much. So we might not like what we hear, but we're affected by another person's criticism, even if we don't know them. If we got it from a homeless person on the street, we'll still take the criticism that they're giving us straight to the heart. Where a man doesn't do that so much, and, and it certainly doesn't make him act. What will make him act is appreciation and showing our happiness and being able to express the things we need very clearly. And that's mm-hmm. the process that I teach women.
0: Hmm. And what what are some of the main things that men need to know about women in regards to love, sex, and partnership, and how can they make their relationship better?
1: Well, if men did two things, their world would change with women if they understood what it was for us to feel safe and to provide that. And it's different for every woman. What would make you feel safe? Very different than what would make me feel safe. So figuring out, and the secret to your woman and what would make her feel safe is really delicious. And honoring that and providing that is is really, it's amazing. And the other thing is adoring us, loving who we are as we are right now. Loving your body as it is, not what it's going to be. Loving our beauty and expressing that. Mm-hmm. We already know we're brilliant. We need to be adored. <laughs> <laughs> mm.
0: There's a a lovely woman her name's uh Casey Baker and she talks about uh, public speaking. She did, has a whole training program on public speaking and she talks about how women in giving feedback it's all about celebration and then refinement. And so celebrating what you heard in the woman's speech that was was brilliant. And then an area of refinement, you know, this is how it could be better. And that's how women like to receive feedback and that's how we shine even brighter. So uh, I think it, it kind of mirrors what you just shared of what m- women need in a partnership or in a relationship.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Can you share some tips and suggestions that individuals in a partnership can do to get their needs met while also doing it in a respectful manner?
1: Well, the first thing we could do is start to look at what it is we need and put the whole thing out there, that whole entire thing. Sometimes what we do is we come to the table thinking, well, I need all of this pie, but I'm probably going to have to compromise. So I should roll out half the pie and see what negotiations I can make around the rest of it. No, (laughs) actually, if you've got to Sit down with your partner or husband or wife and say, look, if I had it all my way, it would go like this. And just throw all the pieces of the puzzle on the table, right? And same thing for your partner. If I had it all my way, it would go like this. And sometimes, depending on what's the most important thing to each other, sometimes we get to have all all our whole way with our partner willing and or delighted to provide it even though they might not have designed it that way and vice versa maybe it's worth it if you're throwing your whole have it all my way about something important to you and they're throwing have it all my way about something that's important to them but not that important to you and you you could you could fork it up and and give it up for them and support them 100 percent on that that's everybody getting exactly what they want but we're often trying to keep score or balance and I don't recommend that I, I recommend that we pay very clear attention to what specifically we need and not necessarily how it compares against our partners or other women or what our culture says it should be or anything just us just our own selves and be willing to say it and and not feel bad about that one of the principles that Dave and I lead our life on is nobody is misbehaving and everybody means well you know we interact with each other because we're both highly highly accountable and we don't do little crappy passive aggressive weird things we just don't do it so because we are that accountable we can relate to each other that way and not have it blow up so in the three, and I know it's only a short amount of time, I was in a long-term marriage and so is he, so we know what long-term really looks like. We've only been together for three years, but in the three years, we have never been in trouble with each other. Not once has he ever been in the doghouse, because we look at what the problem is, not what the person is doing, because our person means well.
0: Mm. Absolutely, I think in looking at the behaviors, right, being able to separate the there's the person and they're good, and then sometimes we behave in ways that impact one another, right? So then it reduces the amount of shame in the relationship because you know when it becomes personal in the relationship or how the couple communicates with one another, then it could be shame based of you know you did this you know, this is who you are. It would be a different conversation than, hey, I know you're good and I love you and you love me. And this behavior impacts me in this way. It have a different outcome in that conversation versus the first one.
1: Yeah. And for me, it's not even the behavior. It's more like, so I go inside, right? Inside I go, okay, I'm upset. What just upset? So we don't yell. So there's not any sort of like, yelling at our house. (laughs) We're we're a very boring household. But Mm -hmm. if there's something that he said that I don't like that now I'm upset, the first place I go isn't, well, he did that. The first place I go is, what do I need that I just didn't get here that now I'm upset? I'm off balance because I don't have what I need. Mm -hmm. And maybe that is in that moment is I feel disrespected. Well, but why? What was the thing, right? So just starting to back out of it and backwards engineer what just happened to figure out where the breakdown was so you can actually speak oh so just so you know this just happened and I got triggered by it because I think it means this is this what you're saying and it can clear it up very quickly
0: absolutely and it it allows you to be accountable to your own feelings and needs and be you know empowered in some way because if we play the victim role or get it caught up in the blame game then we lose our power and we don't have that opportunity to be self-reflective and really see oh what raw spot just got bumped and you know get introspective that the conversation just is a different a different conversation
1: yeah and my biggest red flag is anything that would have me not ad- automatically go to that introspection like anytime i can hear a voice in my head go I never, or he always. (laughs) Dangerous words. It's not the truth. (laughs) Really, Wendy? Really never and always. Okay, slow down. (laughs) Right. Those absolute statements that
0: it's not ever true because there's always an exception. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. For sure. So, Wendy, can you guide us through ways that couples can communicate and connect more effectively with one another? any ideas that things that you use in your own relationship or in the the clients that you that you counsel or, or coach on how
1: to improve communication and understanding yeah you want to make sure that you actually have the person's attention and i know that sounds like the most simplest duh kind of an answer right but i think back to my past life without all this training about men that I've had over the past 14 years. And I think about how I used to speak to my beloved, beloved dear ex-husband. I would just, if I had something exciting to say, I would just start talking. Like I would start saying, Hey, do you want to go on Saturday night to see Mark Heitzel at the great American music hall uh, at seven o'clock? Do we have plans that night? And I'd just start talking. Now I could start having that conversation at the top of my lungs When I didn't know where he was in the house and I hadn't seen him in three hours and maybe he was taking a nap or reading a newspaper (laughs) or busy or not even home, you know, that I would just launch like he was sitting back eating bonbons waiting for the moment for me to chime into a conversation, right? So one of the things that I know that I do as a woman, and I do it a lot less now because I'm very conscious of it, but I see a lot of my girlfriends and a lot of my clients doing is we don't pay attention to what's happening when we start having conversations. They don't even need to be in the room. We'll just up our voice level, right? (laughs) But Mm to actually check in and, and wait to see that the person you're talking to is actually looking at you and isn't in the middle of something else, that you aren't interrupting something else that's going on. So you can have the conversation. And like on Thursdays, Dave and I work from home. So if I want to talk to him, it's a little trickier because we're both working and we're both in the house at the same time. So if there's something I need, I don't holler over to him. Sometimes I'll email him. But mostly I'll just stand up, go over to his office, either stand there or put my hand on the shoulder and I'll wait until it's a good time for him to literally stop what he's doing, look up, and then to say, hey, can I ask you a question? Which he'll laugh at me at that point because he's like, yeah, you're right in front of me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But at least we are talking into a listening now instead of talking into and over the top of whatever else is going on. Because that works really well for a woman a lot of the times, because we're great at multitasking, unless Mm -hmm. we're really sucked into that project. But Mm -hmm. that doesn't work so well with men. You might notice that when we're in a masculine drive and when men are in that mode, they just don't hear anything else. And then we're upset that we've expressed something and they didn't comment or they didn't listen or they didn't care enough to pay attention. And oftentimes it's just a matter of timing.
0: Yeah, I think timing is so important. I think sometimes where one person's available, the other person isn't and we were like, "Well, I'm available." <laughs> and it's it's a good time for me and if we're not conscientious of that, it could really be at a bad time for the other person that could really impact the the productivity or the depth of the of the conversation at that time. So, I think having a check-in is now a good time or when is a good time? to have those important conversations, whether great or small, so that that way we can be respectful of one another.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Sure. And I know know for me, I think that being able to look at my husband, when he's in the zone, he's in the warrior man mode, and it's like one focused attention. And so in order to connect with him, you know, being able to put my hand on his arm is a way of him being mindful and present because he's so focused in the zone because that's how men operate. That's important for women to know and to not take personally because I know women, we are very good multitaskers and we our brain has access to different compartments being active and lit up all at the same time and we can do five things simultaneously. (laughs) And so really knowing that Difference between men and women is is important in communication in our styles.
1: Absolutely. And there's nothing that'll get a man's attention faster than a woman touching him.
0: (laughs) Right. Exactly. That I learned that early on. I'm like, he's not responding. I'm like, what could work? Let me just put my arm on my hand on his arm and it worked like a charm. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, hi, honey. (laughs) How's it going? My last question is related to, uh, to sex. I know we haven't talked about sex, and I was wondering if you have any insights since you are a sex expert. What are some tips or takeaways that you'd like the couples on the call to know about sex and how to incorporate that into their partnership?
1: Well, this certainly can't be true for all men, but I really loved what one man told me once. He said, women need to know we men are way kinkier than you would imagine but we just want to be respectful we don't want to freak you out (laughs) Mm -hmm. so i don't know that that's really that true but i loved that where he was coming from was we love you and we are we want to be respectful to you and one of the things that good guys have to struggle with their whole life is not coming across as the creepy guy the creepy guy to strangers the creepy guy to his loved ones he doesn't want to be creepy So, oftentimes, out of being gentle and kind and not that guy, they won't be the first to be out with what would be a fun adventure for them. So, I recommend that if you do do something like take on my full moon ritual, even in your own way, that you just spend a little time together once a month to talk about how things could be better for your relationship and what could work. My highest recommendation is that a woman be brave and open and let it be a safe space for both of you to really talk about what would be something fun that you have never tried together that you would like that might have you be more connected or have more of an adventure or even experience newness. Because one of the tricky parts about being married or in a committed partnership is when it comes to sex, we have each other. and Esther Perel is a psychologist who wrote a really great book and is on the talk circuits, but she talks about something that I think is really important, which is how to keep the romance alive for the long haul. And she makes a really good point that in the beginning, when we have all that hot romance, eros, wanting love for them, that lust for them, it's because we don't have them. So when we meet our partner and we connect and we decide to become intimate, It's not always a done deal. Most of us don't wait for marriage. (laughs) So there's a little instability in there. Like, is this gonna work out for the long haul? And that's what keeps it hot and exciting. It's that wanting. But once you marry or you commit, and over time, you now have each other. You don't want what you have because you have it. It's kind of like, you don't look at that Kate Spade handbag and say, ooh, I want that. And then you buy it. And then you're carrying it around going, ooh, I so want this bag that I have. No, you don't want it. You have it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's a conundrum, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you keep the romance alive? And part of that is you find ways together in this safe container of your relationship to have newness within your relationship. And I'm not talking about swinging from chandeliers seven days a week or Fifty shades of whatever, I'm not talking about that, but really talking about what newness can you bring, what part of yourself would you be vulnerable enough to explore with this person who you love, that you can have it be easy and connective or playful or adventurous, whatever you want, but to create a new part of you for that person is something that we can look at forever together.
0: Great. Beautiful. Wonderful. I know that you have a special free gift that you'd like to share with our audience. Could you elaborate on what that is? And we can go on to how people can access that information.
1: Absolutely. You've heard me talk all about this full moon ritual already with the 15 questions. And it's available for sale on my website, but I'm actually going to give it to you as a gift. Oh, wow. That's great. And I recommend that you look at it. There's directions on how to use it and how to set up that safe place together to do the ritual, but feel free. Please, please design it to suit your own needs. If you only want three questions, only use three, make up your own, have 20, I don't know, whatever you want to do.
0: Great, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for this wonderful conversation. And I really enjoyed talking with you today. Thanks, Andrea, me too. Great. So I'm your host, Andrea Carella, with True Potential Counseling. And to recap, this is what we've covered in today's show. We've covered different ways to um, create a great relationship. We talked about the full moon ritual and some key questions that you can ask your partner. How men and women can create even better relationship by understanding men and women and their partner better. We also discussed uh, how to communicate and connect, as well as how we can express our needs in a respectful manner with our partner. And we, in the end, we talked about sex and intimacy and how we could cultivate that romantic bond with our partner. Now stay tuned for tomorrow's interview. Check your inbox for the next interview as part of the Create a Relationship You Love Summit series. Can't wait to connect with you then. Have a great day.